Don't let your food get cold looking at someone else's plate. Great words from a rapper by the name of Andy Minio. Today, we're going to look at minding your marriage so that way you can build your relationship in a meaningful, authentic, and genuine way. Let's go. Welcome to the Husband's Coach's Corner, the podcast that teaches husbands how to love their wife every day and become better men in the process. I'm your host, Chris Scott, aka The Husband Coach. Welcome back to the Husband Coach's Corner. If we're just meeting, my name's Chris. I teach husbands how to love their wives every day through video content and coaching. If that's something you're interested in, consider subscribing, following, whatever the social platform or audio platform that you're listening to this on uh, allows for. Just go ahead and engage, interact, do that. It helps the show grow. Uh, And if you can't, then just share this with a friend, a family member, someone who you know would benefit from the episode. Uh, You can also go to the show notes or description box below. There is a feedback link that is on my website and you can just send feedback to me. And last but not least, you can also join my newsletter completely for free. And what I'll do is send you a copy of the wife journal. This is the, t- the tool that I use in order to uh, track things that my wife does and really build our relationship so I can observe what she's doing and how I'm responding to that. So if you want one of those, just go ahead and join the newsletter and you will go or I'm sorry, the email list, not the newsletter. Join the email list and you will get the uh, wife journal for free. So today's podcast is inspired by a song by an artist goes by the name of Andy Minio, or that is his name. And the title of the song is Celebrate. In this song, he's just talking about all the reasons and things that we have to celebrate and that we should do it more often, more frequently. And one of the lines in it says, don't let your food get cold looking at someone else's plate. And it's so important because that resonated with me like, hey, there's so many husbands that I run into that are like, you know, I would really love to have a marriage like this guy. And they focus so much on what that person is doing in their marriage that they're not taking enough time to unpack what they need to do to build their marriage. So that is the crux and the purpose of today's episode. My goal is that by the end of this episode, you have some ideas that you can start to apply in your marriage and really start to find ways of loving your wife every day. That That's essentially what we're getting to. Now, I ran into some uh, husbands. This was probably about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I don't know. Uh, it was It was a little while ago. And they were pretty much saying like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to have a relationship. I want to have a marriage that looks like this person's marriage. And here's the reasons why. And I was like, OK, that that's cool. Well, one of the one of the guys, uh, he listed everything that was bad in his marriage during this particular conversation. Um, and I was like, OK, well. If you're only focused on the bad, you're not taking time to capitalize on the good. All right, let me do this uh, this thing again. All right, so today's episode is inspired by a song by the artist uh, named Annie Minio, and it's titled Celebrate. And the song, he is just going off telling, uh, you know, all the things that we have to celebrate and that we should celebrate more. 
Um, and one of the lines in there is that don't let your plate get cold or don't let your food get cold looking at someone else's plate. And that line just resonated and that's what brought me to uh, today's episode. So we're going to unpack what the importance of minding your marriage is. And, you know, so the first thing on my list, and these are not in any particular order, but the first thing that I want to unpack is your marriage is your marriage and his marriage is his marriage. Like, I don't know why this is such a, a, a tough thing, but the truth is we have to learn to mind our own marriages and the 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 reason why we have to do that or at least identify uh why we have to do that is because their situation is their situation and yours is yours see like i said this should go without saying but for whatever reason we like to treat our marriage like a car right like we're we're trying to get a car we go to the lot we test drive a few and finally, we pick one out and we're like, yes, this is my car. Uh, then, you know, we take out the loan to cover the expensive item. This is paying for a wedding in most cases, uh, thinking that the car itself is going to bring us, you know, this happiness that we're looking for. And um, I, I want to pause here because I don't want you to think that I'm saying your wife can't bring you a level of happiness. Uh, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the uh, perception that if I just got married, I would be happy. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, that That's what I'm getting at. And then once you have gone through the marriage and you've uh, you've been married for a little while. Well, like every car manufacturer out there, they release new cars every year. Well, we do the same thing with our wives where it's like, oh, man, I'm with her, but look at her and then look at her and you start comparing your wife to every other female out there. And this is where that scarcity mindset comes in because you're like, well, I need that new thing because you're looking for the new thrill every single time as opposed to appreciating who your wife is now. Uh set aside the fact that it is a lack of integrity in order or, you know, to be out there looking at all these other women. Um, it really impacts your wife's self-esteem in, in some cases. And I know that this is an overgeneralized conversation uh, because not all wives will be impacted by this. There are some very strong uh, self-esteem and independent wives out there. But in general, Every time that you look away from your wife, it makes her feel like something's wrong with her. All right. Uh, and that causes issues in your marriage. This is why I'm saying your marriage is your marriage and you have to mind it. You have to stay in your lane. You have to stay there with your wife loving her. Now, the problem is we have this consumer mindset, right? And this is why we don't like to mind our marriage, because it's like I have to move on to the next thing. And what I want you to shift your mind from is instead of moving on to the next thing, uh, like the next woman, I want you to shift your mind to I need to move on to the next way of how I'm going to show my wife love. 
Because when you do that, your wife becomes the forefront of all of the things that you're doing. So she's benefiting from your responses and from your care and from your love. This is going to build your marriage and really take you deeper in your relationship. So it's important. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply important that you, instead of looking at every other female that you could be with, look at who you married and find ways of loving her in a way that, you know, resonates with her. Don't do something that doesn't resonate with her, but do, do that, right? And jump from way, way one of loving her to way two to way three to infinity, right? Uh, this is the single, I mean, that that is the crux of this entire podcast uh, that I have created is finding ways of loving our wife every day. And sometimes it can be a simple thing like cleaning the kitchen, right? I've mentioned this before, but uh, that actually works. It actually works. So find something that resonates with your wife uh, and mind your marriage. Now, let me just jump in here for a second and say that our wives are not a thing, all right? They're not a thing. When we treat our wives like the thing, like a car, uh, and, you know, I'm talking to the husbands out there that they marry a woman for, you know, the trophy wife status so they can brag and say, look, my wife's the most beautiful thing ever, uh, which you know, I'm encouraging you to be attracted to your wife, but that should not be the thing that you're always like, look at me, guys, I have the hottest wife ever. Don't do that. All right. Uh, Because now you're just enticing one other men to uh, lust after your wife, which I think is an immature thing. Uh, I think people used to do this in high school. Uh, So, if you are freshly out of high school, like a newlywed, then, uh, and you know, you got married right out of high school, it's time to grow up and mature. Now, if you've been out of high school for a minute, it's time to grow up and mature, my man. Like, don't turn your wife into an object for others to uh, salivate over. That's not the purpose of your wife. And really, that is uh, demeaning to her. And it's jeopardizing your relationship. Uh, it's super superficial. So I highly recommend that you turn away from that. Um, now, sadly, I encounter men who do this and they show off their wives. And uh, I do my best to nudge them in a direction that shows their wife self-esteem because and, you know, treats their wife properly as opposed to treating them like a trophy, because in the end, when you are sick and you need someone to take care of you, 
your wife is going to act like a trophy that sits on a shelf and just looks at you like, yeah, it sucks to be you, I guess. Now, obviously, a trophy is a inanimate object, so you can't even get that from a trophy that someone's sympathizing uh, over you. So be very cautious about having the trophy wife because that is where you know you're buying or not buying. Uh, you're treating them like an object, and and that is a huge, huge problem. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer in there. Uh, because that wasn't necessarily in my notes. So let's get back to the notes. Uh, the second thing that I want to unpack, you have to put in the work. I don't know how many times I have ran into men who did not want to put in the work. And they want the marriage. They're saying like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, most of them are the guys who are saying, these are all the issues in my marriage and my marriage can never be this. And it's like, well, how do you know if, if you don't put in the work? How do you know that your marriage couldn't be that? And that is the biggest issue that I have with some husbands that I coach. They defeat themselves before they even get on the field to try. And then they're like, see, I told you there was no hope for my marriage. And, you know, the reason that there was no hope for their marriage is because they didn't believe or even put in the work. They were being lazy. And I'm sorry, that's just not the way successful things happen. You don't just accidentally become successful. You put in the work, you grind, and then over time, you start to make progress towards that success. Building your marriage in a meaningful way is exactly that. All right. So I, I say this often, but if you don't put in the work, you're not going to receive the reward. It's just that's just the truth. Anything that you get as a reward and you didn't put in the work is probably not a reward worth having. It's cheap. And I think we all understand that. If you spend a little bit more on something, there's a higher value, even if it's just a perceived value that, look, I spent this much on this, and so it must be worth this much. Now, that's not always the case, but you get the point. So the more work and effort that you put into your marriage, the greater joy and fulfillment you're going to get out of it. Now, the work that I'm talking about is actually very simple. Uh, but it's not easy. All right. It's simple in the concept of philosophy. It's straightforward. It's easy in that regard. But when you actually start applying this, you're going to be met with friction. You're going to get punched in the face. You're going to be let down. You're going to hurt your wife in some of these, uh, when, when you're trying to build your marriage, this is just a part of building relationships. All right. So it's not going to be easy. You're going to be discouraged one day. You're going to have other issues, external issues. I've talked about this before that weigh in on your marriage and you still have to show up and put in the work to build it. So here's what I'm talking about. The very first thing you got to listen to your wife. Listen, listen to your wife. And that comes in multiple forms. I'm going to list three here. The first one. 
Learn to understand what she's going through. When you don't understand what your wife is going through, then, I mean, you're not going to have a deep, meaningful relationship with your wife because if you're not understanding, which is important to understand, you are not going to have a meaningful relationship with your wife. That's just the, that, that, I don't know how else to put that. So seek understanding. The second one is know what she likes to do. Know what she would like to do. All right. Whatever your wife's ambitions are, know them, feel them, right? Uh, if your wife wants to be the best baker in town, find ways of encouraging her and helping her fulfill that without being over assertive because you can be pushy to the point that you're just trying to make it happen uh, and she's not ready to go that fast. So go at her pace, but know what it is that she's trying to accomplish, right? Like for, for my wife, uh, right now, one of her biggest, like the, the things that she's trying to do is build a, a strong foundation of Christ with our children, right? Now, I'm also doing that. I, I, I want this strong foundation of Christ with our children. We're believers in, in Jesus, and uh, it, it's extremely important for us to be uh, structured and centered around Christ. So everything that my wife and I do, we focus on how is this pointing back to Christ and how is this going to help develop our children to love the Lord, right? So I know that that's what she's trying to do, and I'm encouraging and I'm helping uh, we're come, you know, and, and that's just a part of parenting. Now, maybe your wife wants to do something else. Take that for what it's worth and go for it. But I don't want that to be uh, like, know what your wife wants to do and then help her accomplish it. All right. And then the third thing that I want to bring up is respond to her requests. Our wives give us the uh, <laughs> the honey do list. All right. If you're newlywed and you have not received a honey do list or have no idea what this is, uh, in a nutshell, your wife is going to say, I want to do this. I want you. I would like this to happen. I would like you to do this. I would like this. Blah, 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 blah. Down the line. Right now. Uh, early on in marriage, I kind of just shrugged that off like, well, you could do that yourself. Uh, now I have found that the honey do list is actually uh, my, my go-to when I'm trying to find a way to love my wife because she asked for it, which means it's important. And when I say important, I'm not thinking like life changing, altering, critical type of importance. Uh, what I'm talking about is a level of importance, um, where she, it will resonate with her when I accomplish this particular task, right? Sometimes it takes more time. Like uh, one of the things on my wife's honey-do list was to pull some weeds uh, over the summer. We had some friends come over and my wife said, hey, can you go in the front yard and pull the weeds out of the, the flower bed? Now, 
I don't like gardening. We actually have a lawn service that takes care of the gardening for us, and, and they're supposed to pull these weeds. But for whatever reason, um, the HOA has not enforced them to do it uh, at, the, at that point, at least. And our friends were coming over in the next couple days. So she said, hey, Chris, I want you to go out there and pull the weeds. And I'm, I don't like gardening. I don't like getting out of the garden. That's just not my thing. So I'll be honest, I was, and she knew I was frustrated, uh, but because I love my wife, I went out there and pulled the weeds and in the middle of pulling the weeds, I was like, you know, this is important to her because she doesn't like people to come over to the house when it's messy. That's, you know, that's something I know about my wife. Uh, if you don't know these types of things about your wives, uh, then, or these types of things about your wife, you should only have one wife, um, then you should probably learn these things. Well, I know that she didn't, she doesn't like people coming over to the house when it's messy and the out, the, the front yard and, and stuff like that is important. She wanted it to look nice. So in the middle of me pulling all these weeds, it just, you know, it, it came full circle and it's like, I'm actually winning, uh, love points with my wife. If that's a thing, I don't know. We're going to make it a thing now. Winning love points by pulling these weeds, even though I didn't want to pull them. So respond to her request, get that honeydew list. Don't turn away from it. Um, and if it's something that, you know, you can't get to for a while, just communicate that to her. All right. Say, Hey, look, I, I know that this is what you would like me to do. Give me a week to get to it or whatever. And then be a man of your word and follow through on doing it. Now, the next thing that you have to do, uh, because those three things that I just talked about, learn to understand what she is going through, know what she would like to do and respond to her request. Those are all the things that you have to put in the work when it comes to listening to your wife. Now, the next thing is spend time with your wife regularly. Let that sink in. I, I don't know why this is uh, like groundbreaking and earth shattering for some men. You have to spend time with your wife. This is just how relationships work. You have to spend time with your wife. All right. What does that look like? Whatever works for you and your wife. I, I can give you, you know, ideas until the, the, the cows come home. I think that's how the, the saying goes. But the point is, you have to spend time with your wife. Do things with your wife, even if there are things that you don't do. Uh, the way that we grow is by being in an uncomfortable stage, right? Uh, or state. And the more comfortable you are with being uncomfortable, the stronger you become. Now, when it comes to our wives, there are some things that we can be uncomfortable in doing. Uh, maybe you're not the best cook and your wife is in the kitchen cooking. You don't feel comfortable being in the kitchen cooking, but you can go in the kitchen and say, hey, teach me. I want to learn. And your wife is probably going to like look at you like, what are you talking about? This is not you. Uh, and 
it'll be like, yeah, I, I, I want it. I want to spend time with you. So teach me how to do this. Right. Um, or maybe your wife is into doing some sort of workouts and you do a different type of workout. Go spend time working out with her doing what it is that she's doing. Now, I will also say the caveat to that is invite your wife to do things with you that you typically do on your own. Uh, a few years back, I invited my wife to play video games with me, right? This is me minding my marriage. Not every, not every relationship uh, video games are a part of, right? Not everyone plays video games. And my wife, she enjoys playing video games, I found out. She just doesn't like to play the video games that I like to play. So I had to change the games that I play when I spend time with her. But I'm playing my video game, which it, it used to be a nice pastime for me. Uh, but I have my best friend in the room and we're playing the game together. Even if it's not a game that I care about so much, uh, that's what really makes the the uh the work that much more fun because i don't care about the game which means i can focus on her and we can have conversations or i can get to know her and i can observe her attitude towards certain things right uh constantly being in a state of analyzation that's going to be the last thing that we unpack but it ties into what i'm talking about right now so that's the reason why I wanted to bring that up. Uh, now, the last thing that I would say about putting in work is surprise your wife with random acts of kindness. Random acts of kindness. You don't have to wait for the holidays or, or special events, all right? You can just go out and do something nice for your wife in the middle of the year for absolutely no reason. And you don't even always have to buy something. It can be, uh, and I guess you can you can show up to her job, you know, uh, and just tell her that you love her. You know, uh, you can write a little love note, drop it in her purse, and see if she finds it somewhere throughout the day. And if she doesn't, then you know you have a baked-in surprise uh, that at some point is going to go off and you're going to receive some love points because we made that a thing. All right. Love points. Um, random acts of kindness, whatever it is, whatever you can do to show your wife that she means the world to you, that she means so much to you, you are going to win points. Now do it within rapport and, uh, Make sure that it's something that resonates with her. This is so important. Don't do the corny, cheesy thing that you see on TV and you think it's a good idea, but your wife has already made mention like, no, I don't like that type of stuff. But if your wife says, oh, yeah, I would love to have a box of chocolates and some roses. Go get some box of chocolates and roses, man. It, like it, it's that simple. All right. And. Truthfully, I, uh, I struggle in the department of romancing sometimes. Uh, I romance in 
a different way than what my wife likes in, in many cases. Uh, so I will not sit here and tell you that I am the greatest at this. But here's the deal. I mind my marriage and I actually show up when I need to with the things that I know will resonate with my wife uh, and I gain those love points. So uh, that that's something you should be aware of. Now, here's the deal. Notice in all of the things that I said about putting in the work, I never said you have to love your wife. All right. We're going beyond that. We're going so far beyond that because here's the deal. Loving your wife is an overgeneralized term. And in many cases, I think it's a cop out. Uh, I wanted to get specific to things that you can start doing and, and paying attention to that actually lead to loving your wife. And, you know, instead of just telling you like, oh, yeah, you got to show your wife love. All right. Next topic. That, that's too simple. Now, what I will say is everything that I just mentioned, most of these things won't take that much time or effort from you, uh, generally speaking. But they will put out a majority of the output that your wife will receive and say, oh, man, my husband loves me. This is based in a concept called the Pareto Principle. Now, a lot of people know this as the 80-20 rule or 20-80 rule, however you want to look at it. Uh, and it's something that's used in mathematics uh, and businesses and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and there's a link in the show notes or the description. If you're interested in understanding a little bit more about this, then please check that out. And I'll probably do an episode of how we can apply this to our marriage because it, it is that important. It's a philosophy that can be applied to almost anything in our life uh, and especially our marriage. What this says is instead of doing something that only produces 20% of your outputs, you should focus on the 20% of the things that produces the 80% of your outputs. What does that mean? You don't have to do everything perfect in your marriage in order to get your wife to feel loved by you. That's, that's essentially what this means. So uh, the three things that I just mentioned, that is definitely, at least for my marriage, and I would say for many marriages around the globe, that is your 20% area. There may be some more things in that 20% area that you can start doing today that will impact the 80% uh, of your outputs. So just take that for what it's worth. Check it out. Check out the link in the uh, description box and let me know if you have comments on how to apply the uh, Pareto principle. Like I said, I'll probably do an episode about that. Now, the last thing that I want to unpack, all right, is what works and what doesn't work. What works and what doesn't work. This is a question you have to ask yourself constantly. This is that analyzing stage that I was telling you about. All right. What works in your marriage and what doesn't work in your marriage? You have to be the, the eyes and ears to that 
and present it to your wife and say, hey, you know, I noticed that this didn't work very well. And I noticed that this didn't work very well, but this is working for us. All right. The reason why you want to know what works and what doesn't work goes back to these the, the Pareto's principle of knowing where you need to focus your uh, the, the where your 20 percent inputs are. So you can get that 80% output, right? Because if you focus on too many of the small things, then you're going to burn out. You're going to get tired and you're going to be like, oh man, marriage is just so stressful and terrible. Uh, when you can put in the work in that 20% area, but you have to know what's working before you can do that, Right? This is why you have to be in a constant state of analyzing what's going on. And when you are in a uncomfortable state, your analytical abilities go up. When you are comfortable, you don't care to analyze that. All right. This is why I'm saying it's not a bad thing to do something that makes you uncomfortable. Like I said, when I was pulling those weeds I was analyzing, you know, my attitude. I was uncomfortable, obviously. I didn't want to pull the weeds. But I realized that by me pulling the weeds, not only am I showing love to my wife, but I'm feeding into one of her bigger, uh, not challenges, but one of the things that she takes uh, serious, which is keeping our house clean and, and making sure that it's presentable. So... I was, you know, obviously I knew that going into it, but I didn't realize how much of a concern it was to her to, to have that done. So there's my dog, Mr. Waffles. Uh, having that done was a big deal for her. So as I was pulling those weeds, I was analyzing not only my attitude, but how I was helping and impacting our wife or my wife. Uh, it, it's important. Okay. Analyze, analyze, analyze what works and what doesn't work. Now, when you find something that works, you need to capitalize on that in your marriage and seek to improve that thing over time, right? Uh, capitalizing on the things that are working in your marriage. Do that and continue to do that well. And when you find something that doesn't work, you're faced with two questions. Why isn't it working? And do I actually need this in my marriage? All right. Now, if it's not working, the first question is, uh, why isn't it working? And if you find that, you know, it's not working because uh, you just aren't genuine in your approach, then you have to ask the question, do I need this in my marriage? And what happens if I don't actually have this in my marriage? Uh, then you can have the conversation with your wife like, hey, you know, I think it's time to uh, talk about this. And, you know, this doesn't work in our marriage, but I'm not sure if it is something that we absolutely need. What are your thoughts? And then start having that conversation. This is going to help you immensely. However, if you find that you don't need it in your marriage, then cut it out because now you have less things to worry about and it's freeing you to spend more time working on the things that do work 
and improving the things that you need to have in your marriage that may not be working. And, you know, you, you have to start building uh, however you guys are going to discuss that and, and build your marriage. But the point that I want to make here is not everything you need to do or not everything you're doing needs to be done. All right. This is the reason. And, and this is, you know, the, the, the catalyst to minding your marriage. If you're focusing on doing things that someone else is doing in their marriage because you're like, oh, man, that looks great. That is exactly what I want to be doing with my wife. And you realize like it's not working and it doesn't work because it doesn't fit your personality. It doesn't fit your wife's personality. Uh, it doesn't fit your lifestyle. Then it's probably not going to be a good idea. Right. Um, my my wife. She'll never jump out of an airplane. I jump out of airplanes all the time. If I tell my wife, like, hey, you know, we should open a skydiving company as as a uh, husband and wife, she's going to look at me and be like, what? I'm not going to open a skydiving company with you. Oh, but, you know, Larry down the street, they do this all the time, and it's just such a great thing, and it's, no, that's not going to work, all right? That's what I'm getting at. Now, that's obviously an over-the-top uh, scenario, but hopefully that made sense. You want to mind your marriage to a point that you are taking care of your business, loving your wife, managing your time with her, and figuring out what works and what doesn't work, all right? Uh, and one of the things that, you know, when it comes to, uh, finding out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, time and time again, finances shows up on the radar of I need to be as the man, uh, as the husband. There are many husbands that feel uh, emasculated um, because they're not managing the finances and their wife does. Uh, and we have this cultural mindset that says, if you are the husband, it's your responsibility to manage the money and do all these things. Well, the truth is, if you know that you're not good at managing money, don't sign yourself up for the role. Like, if you know you're not good at singing and you try to go and sing a solo somewhere uh, as if you're like the greatest music artist ever. You're going to fail miserably. Why? Because you don't have that talent. That's not your thing. But if your wife does a better job at it than you, it may not be her thing either, but she may be better at it than you. Let her do it. it, it, it it's not about I'm the man. I must do this. And, you know, all. No, that. Money is universal. It does not identify that the man is dealing with it or that a female is dealing with it. It doesn't. It's an inanimate object. And there's too many men who get wrapped around the idea that I have to do this because I'm the husband and it's my responsibility. And that is not the case. All right. It, it's genuinely not the case. Now, I'm not like a progressive thinker on, on marriage and, and anything of that sort. Uh, I am traditional in the aspect that the man is the leader of the household, but not a dictator. 
And there's there's like a level of responsibility that the man does have, that the husband does have. But it's not to say like, you know, you got to walk around with an iron fist and just do every single thing uh, for the sake of I'm the man, I have to do this. All right. That, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the best leaders know the areas that they have influence in and the areas that they don't. And if there's someone who is able to influence better in that particular area, they relinquish control to that individual because when you are a leader of a team and the leader allows the person who has the greater influence to actually take charge and and lead in that area, the entire team wins. But if the leader who has no great influence in that area says, no, I'm the leader, I must do this. And they're trying to take charge in an area that they have no business in like leading in the team fails. So don't be the the person who's hurting your team, which is your wife and yourself. You're you're a two person team. You're too deep. There is no one to help pick up the slack. It's you and your wife work together. If they're like, that's the best way that I can put it. Work together. If she's good at it, let her do it. Now, if she's bad at it and you're bad at it, then you need to find a financial advisor so both of you can learn how to do it and then do it together. All right. Um, I'll get off my soapbox on that. I just want to make sure that uh, you're that's one of those areas that keeps coming up uh, analytically. You want to make sure that you're paying attention to what it is that works in your marriage and what doesn't work. And that is one of those areas that just seems to not work in many marriages. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I'm, or I, I do know why, but not going to get into that. So the three areas that, uh, help you mind your marriage. The first one is your marriage is your marriage and his marriage is his marriage. Let it go admire it from a distance, but, and try to apply some things. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And if it does, then great. The next thing is you have to put in the work. You don't get a great marriage by just sitting on your butt and wishing a great marriage. You get a great marriage by putting in the work and building that. That should go without being said, but I have to foot stump that as much as I can over a podcast. Just imagine me stump my foot. I'm not going to do that to bust your eardrums if you're working out or anything crazy like that. Uh, But foot stump that you have to put in the work if you want to get the result. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway. And then the last thing, what works and what doesn't work? You got to be honest with yourself. If something is not working, you need to be critical and analytical dissecting what made that not work and then ask yourself, do I need to even have this in my marriage? Because if you can find things to cut out, like we are, and I'm sorry, this just came to me. We are oversaturated with, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to get this done. This has to happen. That has to happen. That we don't even take time to reevaluate, like, do I even need to be doing this anymore? 
And this happens so much in our marriage. We go through a season of life in our marriage where we have to do this thing. And then that season passes and we don't or we don't reevaluate to see if that thing still needs to be done, but we're still doing it and it's taking energy from us. If you let things take your energy, you're going to start putting uh, lazy energy into things because you're just getting burnt out. You're tired. So my recommendation to you on, on this one particularly is make it your mission to find everything that doesn't work, reevaluate, do I need to do this? Even do this on some of the things that do work. Uh, the, the only downside to that is if you take away too many of the things that are working, you're kind of hindering yourself because you're getting points, love points, because we just made that a thing. Uh, you're getting love points if you take away something that is working. And that that's kind of like giving yourself a handicap. Now, if that works, go for it. If not, don't do it. All right. But definitely get rid of the things that don't work and don't need to be there. And then the things that do work that you need to work on to make them uh, move from the not working column to the working column. Spend some time to do that. All right. Now. Uh, I know I gave you a lot to consider and, uh, in, in the way of minding your own marriage, my hope is that you stop comparing your marriage to others and start to pay attention to your marriage and love your wife, analyzing it, doing the work that it takes to build a long lasting, genuine, authentic love for your wife. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you, find a way to love your wife every day. Peace.